We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven, and I am the host, as always. And we have a very special edition of the Guilty as Charged podcast today. Alex Katzen is here joining me tonight. Uh, Going to have a fun conversation uh, related to the draft. Figured it was a great way to get back together with Alex and uh, excited to see what we have in store tonight. So, Alex, what's up, man? How are you doing tonight? Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Uh, excited for this episode. It's uh, nice to be talking to more than just my webcam making the uh, profile videos <laughs> for once. So uh, stoked. Yeah, man. It's uh, doing solo videos can get a little lon- lonely sometimes, you know, so figured we'd mix it up this week. You've been doing some great profiles for us. We appreciate all the work there. So uh, figured we'd have to come to you, of course, as the draft expert on the show and, and uh, get some thoughts here. So basically what we're going to be doing today we're going to be talking about a trade up scenario for the chargers in this draft particularly obviously in the first round so uh it's kind of an under the radar storyline possible scenario for the chargers this year we've seen tom telesco do this in the past i feel like everybody kind of talks about trading down but tom telesco has never done that (laughs) so you know this is uh obviously the more likely scenario so i'm gonna have a lot of fun conversation tonight with alex kind of breaking this down what would the cost look like what kind of teams could we be targeting if the Chargers want to be trading up and which prospect uh, prospect or prospects, I should say, could be potential targets for the Chargers. So, and then we're going to run a, a quick, uh, we'll probably do a five round quick mock draft just to show you guys what it looks like in this kind of scenario. So um, Alex, first and foremost here, <laughs> kind of joking, right? But like, what, what are your thoughts about the Chargers potentially trading this up in this particular draft? 
Um, I think it is certainly something that is more on the radar now than it was maybe two weeks ago, um, given that they restructured all four of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. Um, yeah. I think historically, I think the last time that they traded up other than Kenneth Murray was like 20 years ago or something. Well, they traded um, up for Melvin Gordon too. Oh, that's right. They did. Um, yeah. But it's not something that happens super often, um, regardless. Um so it's it's interesting. Um, I think that it's um, it's an interesting prospect, especially because uh, now that the Chargers have kind of brought everyone back and like as of recording this, we're still waiting on John Johnson. So we'll see how that goes. But presumably he's going to be on the team eventually. Um, so there's really, really cool like, if that happened right now while we were uh, <laughs> yeah, recording, while we were recording this thing. <laughs> I mean, the first two Chargers signings broke while I was eating dinner. I already ate dinner and that didn't <sighs> uh, trick them into signing them today. So um, maybe it'll happen while we're recording. Yeah. But but yeah, so, you know, there's not like a, a big like gaping hole on this team right now other than speed receiver. But their receiver class is weaker than it's been in the last few years. And so that makes trading up kind of a weird uh, prospect, but I think it's definitely something that's on the radar. Um, a lot of the reason why we're making this video is because, um, it kind of seems like the chargers are all in this year. Um, because, you know, you restructure all four of those guys, you say like, okay, we'll worry about the cap. We'll worry about roster construction. We'll worry about all that stuff next year. Um, and I think a lot of that is because, uh, if the chargers don't exceed, you know, meet or exceed expectations this year, um, it's probably not Tom Telesco's problem anymore right. <laughs> um right. and so he's like yeah let's go all in like who cares um and so in that <laughs> sense uh using assets and moving up in the draft and just securing you know like an, a premier premier talent is uh very likely uh, in that sense and so i think it's definitely an interesting scenario to pursue and um yeah yeah and you know like financially and free agency this this was not really an option for the Chargers was to, you know, kind of go all in and push your chips in for one specific player, right? Like, you know, there's no Khalil Mack Avenue this year. There's no JC Jackson Avenue this year because you just don't have the financial resources in that regard, but you have the draft assets. Like you don't have a ton of draft picks, but you can easily, you know, trade up the board and, and maneuver around a little bit more. So, <clears throat> you know, in, in this class in particular, you know, with the, some of the uncertainty at some of the positions for the Chargers, it's like, okay, well, do we want to risk maybe getting the sixth or seventh pass rusher off the board, or do we want to go be aggressive and get the third pass rusher off the board? Do we want the third receiver, or do we want to go get the best receiver? You know, um, So I think it is an interesting scenario for the Chargers to kind of explore in this draft class because you know they're sitting at 21, and the likelihood of getting them getting you know a top tier starter at really any of the positions besides tight end and running back, which we'll see what happens there. But of their like potential needs, it's like, do you want cornerback seven or do you want to go up and go get cornerback three? You know what I mean? So it's just kind of curious here. So you know, this is a rare draft for Tom Telesco where we don't really know which way he's leaning. You know, could be a receiver, could be an edge rusher, could be a tight end. Um, you know, the stock exchange guys from PFF, Trevor Sigman and Connor Rogers have kind of been hinting that the Chargers might be in on a cornerback. So that could be something interesting, too. Um, so really quickly here, Alex, who are some prospects in your mind that kind of make some sense for the Chargers to go up and be aggressive and go go trade up for? Yeah, um, I think the the one that immediately stands out is um, someone who the Charger who 
a lot of Chargers fans have been advocating to just take it 21. Um, I don't think that he's going to get there, and that's Bijan. Um, sure. <laughs> and There's that, precedent. He, uh, he traded up yeah, for Melvin Gordon. There's, so. there's precedent there. They traded up for Melvin Gordon. And then also just you think about the way that the roster is constructed, and Daniel Jeremiah has talked about this before, especially in relation to Bijan and prospects of Bijan's caliber, is um, a lot of the times running back picks are – for lack of a better word, luxury picks. It's kind of like the last piece of your team that you build. Sure. Um, in the case of Bijan and the Chargers specifically, what makes it interesting is obviously the situation with Austin Eckler now um, requesting the trade, and you know we see we'll see how that plays out. Um, but if Eckler is gone after this year, then uh, trading up for Bijan or selecting Bijan at twenty-one if he gets there, which I don't think he will. Um, sets you up not only for this year, because obviously you're getting a generational running back prospect and everything like that, but also then you have Bijan on the team going forward and Austin Eckler is not as you know large of a consideration in terms of losing him. Um, beyond that, I think you're looking at kind of like that second tier of edge rushers under like Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson sort of. So you're looking at Lucas Van Ness or Nolan Smith or mm. you know someone like that um, who I think are going to go somewhere in the top 15 also. Um, if you want to go up and you want to get the top receiver, you're probably looking at, um, whoever your top receiver is, um, you know, and it kind of just depends yeah. on what you like. Um, you know, are you a Quentin Johnston guy? Are you a Zay Flowers guy? Are you Jackson Smith and Jigba? Are you Jordan Addison? You know, it's just kind of like, and a lot of those conversations I think would depend on how the board falls, but then also like Intel that you're getting from the other teams ahead of you of like, oh, you know, the Packers might be interested in their receivers, so we need to jump them. And, you know, like they might be interested in the receiver that we want. Um, yeah. And then corner is the interesting one um, because I think that you're looking at probably the second or third guy uh, off the board, right? You're looking at Christian Gonzalez is probably going top 10. Witherspoon is probably going to creep up there once he actually tests, which he won't do for another couple of weeks. Um, but if he doesn't test or if he tests poorly then it's very possible that he gets into that kind of early teens range and that's kind of the guy that uh people have pegged to the chargers so far um and i think for that you're looking at probably jumping that range of kind of like new england green bay washington pittsburgh at 14 to 17 mm -hmm. um because pittsburgh has been super uh interested in the corner market um obviously joey porter jr is a big target for yeah. them um given the legacy there um, Washington has been heavily rumored to be taking a corner. Um, the Packers, not a corner so much, but if you want to call Brian branch a corner, like that's a fit that's been mocked a ton. Um, the Patriots could really do just about anything. Um, so yeah. that, that kind of range I think is where you'd be looking at for a corner. But I think if you're doing that, it's probably for Witherspoon or maybe Joey Porter. Um, if you're really, really in love with what he brings to the table. Yeah, you know, I do think corner is an underrated need for for this Chargers team because you obviously have the JC situation, but also Michael Davis is a free agent after this upcoming season. So there's, you know, everybody's kind of talking about, you know, receiver and edge rusher and rightfully so in terms of like getting the long-term answer there. But, you know, Brandon Staley has said several times, like I'm always going to be looking at corners. And I think the two strengths of this draft class are corner and edge rusher. So you know, if the Chargers wanted to go be aggressive here and get one of these long-term answers at one of those two positions, 
I think that makes a lot of sense for this team and where they're at, you know, um, maybe not ideal to lose picks because you only have seven right now in the first place. But, you know, if Brandon Staley feels like he needs Lucas Van Ness or he needs Nolan Smith to properly kind of put the finishing touches on the defensive line, um, you know, or Joey Porter Jr. Devon Weatherspoon to put kind of the finishing touches on the secondary, you know, that is something that I think they should be exploring. And this is, you know, a, a very interesting scenario for the Chargers because nobody's really talking about it. I think they should trade down, right? But that takes two, you know, two sides of tango, right? But in terms of trading up, it's just, you know, this the strength of this draft class in the first round is probably like your your top 12 players. And then, yeah. like I've said this a few times, like to me, like there's not a whole lot of difference between like the player getting at 21 and the player you could potentially get at like 45. Like I just, the middle of this, you know, top 50 players like there's just not a ton of you know players who stand out amongst the crowd so you know if the chargers feel like they're a piece away and they want to go be aggressive and get that elite prospect i I could totally see this happening you know next month yeah totally and i will say too um that your feeling about the draft class is what i've heard from everyone that i've talked to basically from other draft analysts to the few people connected to the league that I know um, everyone that I talk to is like, yeah, once you get past like 12 or 15, you know, if you want to be really generous, it's like, yeah, everyone from 16 to 50 is, <laughs> you know, like pretty like interchangeable there. It's kind of just yeah. whatever your preference is. And so I think that definitely rings true. Um, unfortunately, the chargers haven't traded completely out of the first round uh, since like the nineties, I think. <laughs> um, so again, takes two there. Um, the, right the half of the two that is not cooperating is probably the chargers. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, so I think, I think trading up definitely makes sense if you're not going to trade down. Um, you know, if you're committed to, we're not going to do that because we never have, and we never will, then trading up makes more sense to get into the upper echelon of guys instead of taking two guys in that middle tier. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's, let's jump into some potential, obviously like, uh, trade cost talk here for a second. So I'm going to share my screen. Um, is it up? There we go. Yep. Okay. So that's the simulator. I don't want the simulator. I want the trade value chart. Do I have to share both? Sorry, folks. Should have had this prepared <laughs> earlier. Um, let me figure this out real quick. Okay, that is not what I wanted to have happen. <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Okay, now that should be good. Now I should have the right tab up. Again, apologies for this. All right, so I'm trying to pull up the uh, trade chart here. Looks like I might have to zoom in a little bit here. Okay. Can you see that at all or no? Yes. Okay. So this is the trade chart. This is obviously kind of the the point of reference for um, what we are hopefully looking at. You know, let's get this uh, ad out of the way. That'd be great. Too many ads. Get out of here. (laughs) 
Gosh dang it. Okay, you know what? I, I'm I'm scrapping the I'm scrapping the sharing screen. Sorry, this is taking so <laughs> we'll just, long. Yeah, we'll, we'll just talk about it. This is the freaking we'll answer in the way. We'll just vibe. That's right. Okay, so you t- you mentioned obviously some potential targets here for um, trade talk. You know, for the Chargers. Um, you know, I think the like you mentioned, the Packers is probably. Packers Patriots is probably where you want to jump ahead of if you are targeting, you know, a pass rusher or a cornerback. So um, the Chargers pick at 21 is worth 800 points. So we've seen, you know, teams in the past that I think could trade down. I think you probably want to talk about uh, the Texans at 12 and the Jets at 13. Are, Are you kind of feeling the same thing here? Yeah, I would say Texans at 12, Jets at 13, definitely. And then I think one of the other ones to keep an eye on, um, I don't know that they would want to move this far down considering that they have another pick kind of in this range, Um, but the Eagles at 10, um, because if you look at the way that the Eagles picks are distributed, they have 10, 30, and then their second rounder and their third rounder, and then they don't have another pick until the seventh. So I have a feeling that they're going to want to move off of one of those picks to collect some mid rounders to fill out the rest of the draft. Um, I don't know if that's going to be moving down from 10 or if that's going to be moving down from 30 to give someone a shot at a fifth year option uh, later on. But I think that's one to keep an eye on also just because of the way that picks are distributed. But otherwise, yeah, I would agree 12 or 13, I think would be kind of my target. And then after that um, you're talking about like, if you're really keyed in on a receiver or something, you're probably moving a couple spots up to maybe like 18 with the lions, like, you know, another team that has multiple first round picks. Um, sure. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think the commanders at 16 could also be, you know, a potential target. Like if the Patriots and Packers want to go, you know, like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or something like that. And, you know, the Chargers want to jump ahead of the Steelers, the Lions and the Buccaneers who all kind of need pass rusher help, I think, in my opinion. Um, yep. Maybe not the commander, maybe not the Steelers so much. Obviously, they have TJ Watt and um, I forget the other guy's name from the Smith. guy. Hi, Smith. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so th- the commanders are potentially interesting uh, point of of context for the Chargers, too. So. Um, moving all the way up to 10, that would cost a lot. You know, the chargers, like I said, their pick 21 is worth 800 points on the trade chart. The Eagles pick at 10 is worth 1300. So to get all the way up, you know, making up that difference of 500 points, you know, the chargers pick at 54 is worth 360 points. So to get all the way up to 10, you're probably talking about moving, moving on from your second and maybe your fourth, like kind of at minimum, you know, they might ask for a premium at that point. You might be talking about 54 and then 85, which is worth 165 points. And that's a, that's a lot to give up. So I think the Eagles probably at 10 is, is maybe a little too rich in my opinion, in terms of trading up, but Howie, I know Howie would want to trade down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Howie loves to trade down. That's like his favorite thing to do. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it'll probably be expensive. I think that um, if you're trading up to 10 or uh, to whatever Eagles pick that is, because I'm not necessarily 100% convinced that it'll be 10 uh, when everything is all said and done. Considering. Oh, you think they might trade down twice? I think that it's possible for sure. Um, Depending on the way that the quarterback market plays out, um, I think that everyone's starting to kind of cool on Will Levis a little bit. And so I think you're looking at 
Tennessee at 11 as a Will Levis spot. And so if you are someone who is not the Titans and you want Will Levis, then I think 10 is probably your spot. Um, And then you're looking at the Eagles moving down to like, say, 18 or 19 um, with the Lions or the Bucks. Um, And then from that point, you know, you could jump up a couple of spots. But I definitely think that 10 is probably going to be a little bit rich. I think that you're only doing that if you are 100% convinced that like Bijan Robinson is going to win you the Super Bowl this year and no one else is going to do that for you, you know? Well, you know, that 10 is probably where the first corner goes too. You know, um, whether that's the yeah. Eagles or somebody else, you know, that's that's kind of the turning point unless the Falcons at eight want to take one. Um, yeah. You know, but that might be the second corner as well. Like you talked about Devon, Devon Witherspoon, too. So, you know, if you're talking about the 13th overall pick and obviously the Jets were, were very aggressive last year, um, they traded up like four or five times, I feel like. Um, but say they want to be maybe get a little cheaper this year. I feel like that's a little bit more doable, you know. So the Jets pick at 13 is worth 1150. Like I said, Chargers at 800 at 21. So that might just do it with like the 21 and 54, you know, that gets you enough of a difference to move up to to 13. And then again, that lets you jump the Packers, the Patriots, the Commanders, the Steelers. And like I said, maybe you get that third corner, maybe you get that fourth pass rusher and jump those teams who who might be looking for that kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think getting to 13 is about the target range for like a Nolan Smith type guy. Mm. Um, I think that between like 12 and 15 is where I'd expect him to start going um, just based off the way that like he reportedly performed in interviews and stuff at the Combine. Right. Um, I think that he's going to get up to that range. And so I think like if you get past the Texans at 12 and the Texans don't take him, then I think you probably call the jets and you say, Hey, take a one and a two. We want Nolan Smith. And like, we'll just go from there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's uh, run through some scenarios here and see what we can uh, cook up a little bit here in terms of trading up. So yeah. um, I like using PFFs simulator for trades. It's my favorite like trade uh, for simulator. Trades, yeah um I, their big board's kind of a disaster but that's okay um <laughs> it's not my favorite big yeah. board but uh sure. we'll get started here so like i said we'll do a quick five round mock just so we can get you know at least a couple picks in here after doing the trade so um let's get started here all right so we're gonna try and offer some trades before we start this up so do you want to start with the texans maybe or you want to start with the jets first I think we could start with the Texans, um, see if they're willing to do business. Why is it not giving me the option to do pick 12? Where is that at? Oh, can I not trade with Houston until they make their first pick? Oh, rip. Maybe we'll start with the Jets. Then. <laughs> we'll start with the Jets. <laughs> okay. So we want to pick 13. They'll take 21 and 54. Okay. This already says the trade will likely be accepted. Excuse my freaking uh, keychain thing there. Okay, so we're going to offer that trade. And our trade was accepted. Perfect. My keychain is going crazy right now. All right, <laughs> so we're going to start the draft where the Chargers are now picking at 13 instead of 21. Okay, so players available. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Kalijah Cansey. Wow, they have him at 13 now? 
My gosh. Wild. Um, <laughs> Brian Branch. I love Brian Branch, but not that high. Uh, Lucas Van Ness, Joey Porter. So those are the options there. Nolan Smith is on the board as well. You know, if they wanted to go tackle, I mean, too late, right? But yeah. um, Deontay Banks, maybe. So, all right. Um, Alex, who would you prefer here in terms of trading up? And, uh, you know, I'm kind of of the belief that this would be, again, more of an edge rusher corner type, Lucas Van Ness or Joey Porter. What are your kind of thoughts on those two? And, and, and who would you choose ultimately here at 13? Yeah, I think um, Van Ness is interesting um, from a Chargers perspective because it, and especially from a Chargers trading up perspective, because he's so underdeveloped. Um, I don't want to say that yeah. he's raw because um, that's not really true um, because he's played a lot, um, but he is a redshirt sophomore. And so he hasn't played as much. Um, and he is just kind of, bull rush all the time always um he yeah. is a coach ed guy which means that he's an automatic charger <laughs> um, <of laughs> he's course. a fit for the chargers for right sure. he's a fit for the chargers <laughs> and like they're they know that like you know ed will get him coached up right so i think yeah. there's probably confidence there um when it comes to joey porter jr i think you're looking at a guy who's not very similar but i think kind of in the same mold of corner as michael davis is in terms mm-hmm. of like Big, long, going to get in your face, like play a lot of press man. Um, I think if you're preparing for the future after Michael Davis because you're not planning on extending him, I think that Joey Porter makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that if you are going – if you're looking at edge rusher and you're looking at someone that can make a difference right now, I personally would probably want Nolan Smith over Lucas Van Ness. Sure. Um, That's not what the PFF board wants. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, and so, um, you know, so for the sake of switching it up, you know, we can go Van Ness, but I would probably in this spot say Joey Porter. You would say Joey Porter over the pass rushers. Yeah, I I think so. I think at, at this point, like if, if you're coming up like this and you say like, I think it's either, to me, it's either Porter or Smith. I don't think you're necessarily like looking at Van Ness super hard. Um but also the PFF board will hate us if we take Nolan Smith this high. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, if we're trying to preserve our report card grade that we get at the end, then, <laughs> then we're probably going, that we're probably steering away from the edge rushers a little bit. Yeah. And then also just the way that this board breaks down, um, you have Witherspoon at six and then Gonzalez at nine. And I don't think right. that edge three is off the board yet, right? It's just Wilson at eight and Anderson at, I assume, three. And then everyone else is still on the board. Yeah, this this, simu- this simulation had Anderson at three and Tyree Wilson at eight. And like you're talking about Devon Witherspoon, six to the Lions, Christian Gonzalez to the Bears. So this is an interesting mock. <laughs> yeah, it has Quentin um, Johnson to the Eagles, which like, <laughs> yeah, this is I mean, that would be super fun, right? You get Quentin Johnson, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I don't yeah, I don't think Quentin Johnson's going out early, but you know, I don't. It is what it is. I don't know why wide receivers listed as such a high need for the Eagles, but I digress. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's not important. Um, but yeah, I I would say like we were talking about, I think that thirteen is probably the range at look at which you're looking at Nolan Smith, but also with the way that this edge board breaks down, um, maybe you're looking at obviously you just traded the second round pick away, but maybe you're looking at. Well, if only two edges are off the board now, then maybe that means that a guy that we like slips to the third round. Um, yeah. You know, and so I could see them talking themselves into Porter here. Um, I don't think it's a bad pick by any means. Um, I love Joey Porter. Um, and like I said, I think he's a he's a good fit for that kind of Michael Davis replacement. 
it's a good guy on the roster to have in the case that JC Jackson can't come back and play at the same level that he was signed to play at. Um, Cause again, it's kind of the same archetype of corner, like big long guy that you want to play in a lot of press. Um, and so I think it's a good insurance policy and it's a good kind of like solid um, way to round out the corner room, even going into 2023. Yeah. I like Joey Porter a lot. I think, you know, there's, there's a conversation for him as CB one. I think, I probably would lean Gonzalez being CB1, but I do think Joey Porter, like if somebody wants to make that argument, I would totally understand. I think his length and his athleticism are, are, you know, top notch and his, you know, his hand size and his instincts. And I think he's, he's, you know, a little bit more refined right now than Christian Gonzalez, in my opinion, a little bit more versatile. Um, I want to ask you next before we ultimately decide on the pick, what's the drop off for you from the corner class and compared to the edge class? Cause I haven't finished the I haven't finished the corners. Joey Porter and Brian Branch are the are the last two corners I've created right now. I've only watched the mm-hmm. the top four. Um, I've watched all of the edge class, or at least like the top you know twelve or thirteen guys. So, what's kind of the drop off comparison in your opinion from you know Joey Porter down to like the next group of corners versus Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith down to the the other group of pass rushers? Uh, yeah, I would say. Uh, corner probably runs six or seven deep. Um, I would say. Um, so if you're looking at Porter at three, then I guess maybe five or six. Um, so you're looking five or at, six, meaning like first round <clears throat> talents. Yeah, roughly. Um, okay. I think uh, I'd have Banks up there for sure. Deontay Banks from Maryland, who you can see kind of at the bottom of the board there. Um, he's a guy who's risen a ton just over the combine, and then Cam Smith would be the other one. Um, who's a little bit on the lighter side, but um, I think is first round talent worthy. Um, but also like he's down at like 38, I think on PFF's board. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gosh, I really like Cam Smith. So high. Um, Sorry to cut you off there. Stay no, you're good. Quarterback. The quarterbacks oh, are super high. Um, but yeah, I really like Cam Smith. Um, I know a lot of people like Emmanuel Forbes too. Um, he's super, super light for me, like in the one sixties. And so I worry about his durability. Um, but I would say it's probably five or six, um, that I would be willing to put a first round grade on, um, or say that like, it's you know possible that they go in the first round. I know a lot of people like Julius Brents too. I think he's more of sure. like a kind of a mid second round guy, but he could sneak up there too. Um, versus you look at edge and I think it's like eight, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um, cause you have, so you have Van Ness and Smith that are on the board here and then you get into Will McDonald from Iowa state. You get into Felix and DK Uzoma from Kansas state. You get into BJ Ojolari from LSU. Who's my personal favorite, um, in this draft. You're looking at someone like, um, Addy Tomiwa, uh, from Northwestern. Um, I haven't gotten his last name down, so I'm not going to try it because I want to be respectful. I think that's <laughs> yeah, uh, something like that. Uh, Adebaware, I is how it looks like it's pronounced. I know it's not pronounced that way, but you have them, you have him, you have Miles Murphy, who's still on the board in this. Yeah. Um, you know, you could even look as far down as someone like you have uh, Tuli Tupelodu, uh, who just had his pro day at USC today, um, who is, you know, a guy who's probably going to go top 50 or so um and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, uh, I think the, you know, I like Derek Hall a lot. Uh, PFF's a little bit lower on him. Um, I think that it definitely runs like nine or 10 deep. And there are a lot more. I will say that to both both the edge and the corner classes credit, there's a lot of depth at both positions. And there's a lot of guys that I like, you know, that we can get in the fourth or fifth round or something. Sure. Um, but I think in terms of like up top, um, I think that the corner drop off is a little bit sooner because you get, Witherspoon and Porter, and then I would say there's probably a little bit of a gap, and then you get into that next tier of Banks, Forbes, Cam Smith, if you want to put Keely Ringo in there, you know, guys like that, versus you have Van Ness and Smith, and then probably like a small drop-off for me, and then you get into like Ojolari, McDonald, Andy Dike, Uzoma, Adebawari, yeah. like those sorts of guys. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think the corner drop-off is a little bit sooner. Yeah, I think like the argument that you're making too is also that Joey Porter's a tier one corner, whereas mm-hmm. Van Ness, Nolan Smith, you know, BJ Ojolari, those guys. Man, BJ Ojolari's really slept on. I, I like his tape a lot as well. Yeah. Oh, I love um, his tape. <laughs> he's but, like my favorite guy in the whole draft. Yeah, man, he's he's got fantastic tape. So you know, Will McDonald's got uh, got some really good tape too. But you know, those guys are pretty clearly like tier two, maybe tier three pass rushers. So. You know, maybe Brandon Staley is, you know, all in on getting a tier one corner in this class. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Michael Davis. I wish they would just extend him and then you kind of take this knee off the board. But right now I do think this is, uh, is, you know, something worth considering. So, again, this is just us, you know, being hypothetical, not necessarily advocating for this. But um, we'll go with Joey Porter. (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with Joey Porter at 13 and then we'll see how the, the rest of the draft shakes out here. So we go. Pick 13, Joey Porter, and then the Chargers would not pick in, again until pick 85 in the third round. So a bunch of talent coming off the board right here. As you can see, you know, a bunch of these edge rushers that you were just talking about, all of them are off the board right now. Uh, Derek Hall right there, pick 65. So we'll see what ultimately, you know, happens here in this uh, simulation. We'll kind of speed up the process a little bit here once we get on the board. So. Um, you can see on the screen, again, for our audio audience as well, there's Blake Freeland, Nick Herbig, Luke Weipler, Christopher Smith, Gervon Dexter. I'm sure that's probably Gervon. I don't know. Uh, Tucker Kraft, Sam Laporta, Mike Morris, Tanner McKee, Hendon Hooker, Marvin Mims, my guy. Uh, oh, all recently Patriots. picks here. Yeah. Tanner McKee, Patriot. That's a funny one. That's funny. All right. Um, so top, top players on the board real quick. Sorry. Nathaniel Dell, Tank Dell. Garrett Williams, Carl Brooks from Bowling Green, Travis Hodges Tomlinson, Eli Ricks, Jamie Robinson, uh, Michael Wilson, A.T. Perry, Dwayne McBride, Dorian Williams, Tank Bigsby, Moro Ojoma, Tyler Scott, Isaiah McGuire, K.J. Henry, Luke Schoonmaker, 
Ty J Spears. So just some, just some talent here. Obviously, if the Chargers trade up for a defensive player, I feel like you probably have to go offense here in the third round. But what are your thoughts here with some of the, the players available? Yeah, I would definitely say offense. Um, I did want to say too, just real quick, um, part of the fun of this too, and like part of the reason why I'm kind of like, oh, we should just pick Joey Porter is like, it's always fun to just explore different scenarios a little bit. Um, you know, like, you know, if you go into the mock draft simulator and you draft an edge every time first round, then like, it's not as exciting. <laughs> so, uh, you know, add a little bit more uh, intrigue for the video there. Um, I do think offense is definitely the pick once you get in the third round, especially if you're trading a second round pick. Um we got kind of screwed because the run on tight ends looks like it happened like five picks before us um, yeah. with Laporta and Tucker craft, both coming off. Um, I do think like my immediate leaning is probably Tyler Scott here um, because fast. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, like I know a lot of people like tank Dell uh, tank Dell is a guy that I have profiled for the channel. Go watch that video. If you didn't already. Um, yeah. And one of the things that I talked about in that video is that um, the fit on the Chargers with Tank Dell is a little bit iffy, uh, if only because he's a guy who's going to almost entirely play out of the slot. And you already have Keenan Allen to do that. And now that you've restructured Keenan Allen, you for sure have Keenan Allen to do that at least this year. Um, And again, it's something where like you can build a little bit towards the future like we already kind of have done with taking Joey Porter. Um, but at the same time, Tank Dell's not really like Tank Dell is fast, but he's not really like the downfield threat as much, um, right. in my opinion, compared to like a guy like Tyler Scott, who um is on the board here. I will say I do like Luke Schoonmaker. I think that um there are probably some tight ends a little bit further down that you can get. Um, you know, tight end is a weird position, and especially this year, because the tight end class is the best that it's been in probably 10 years. But also historically, you can find a very quality starting tight end in the fourth or fifth round. Sure. Um, and so I think, you know, you watch guys like Tucker Craft and Sam Laporta come off the board five, 10 picks before this. And you probably say, like, we don't need to force ourselves into making a pick at tight end just because it's a historic tight end class, because like, the fact that it is a historic tight end class also means that like guys that you could normally get in the third or fourth round in a normal year are probably available in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, So my leaning here would probably be Tyler Scott inject a little bit of speed in the offense. Um, I also kind of don't think that he'll last to 85, but um, this is the board that they give us. So, you know, we just have to play the hand we're dealt. No, hundred percent. And if you don't, you know, if Tyler Scott's not not going to be there, you know, this could be a Trey Palmer spot. This could be Jaden Reed. So um, I would lean wide receiver at this point. I think it kind of gets a little dicey at wide receiver after the third round. So I, I yeah, think the Chargers totally. definitely do have to add some wide receiver talent on day two. So I'm cool with that. I, I like Luke Schoonmaker, but he's not like, you know, you trade up and lose a second round pick. I want to make sure I, I have an immediate impact player in the third round. And I just don't know if that's – Luke Schoonmaker. So I'm on board with that. (laughs) All right. Here come uh, the Chargers picking at 125 in this instance. Uh, So Trey Palmer just went at 121. Jair Brown, Riley Moss off the board recently. Olu, Oluwatami, the center. I probably butchered that. I'm sorry. Roshan Johnson, Andre Yosivas. So this is another reason why you take receiver in the third round because a bunch of the other guys are already off the board. There's Tank Dell at 109. So Andrew Voorhees in round four, that, that would be a 
I hate that he tore his ACL, man, at the freaking combine. Yeah, that really sucks. Awful. I mean, it'd be good for him if he gets drafted in the fourth round still, but <laughs> I think he's going to yeah. be waiting a little bit longer than that. Right. Um, so round four is traditionally kind of where on our show we've kind of gone maybe another, a second defensive playmaker, whether that's Dorian Williams or a defensive tackle or something like that. Oh, wow. Luke Schoonmaker's still on the board. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, Easy well, pick. <laughs> okay. We could just, you know, scrap everything that we're about to say. Just take Luke Schoonmaker. Yeah. Um, the, this definitely, like, if you look at this board, this is definitely kind of a, you know, a defensive talent, but maybe we yeah. go one of these tight ends that's kind of still on the board here. Yeah, I, I would say, uh, I, you know, obviously Schoonmaker is there. Um, I I personally really like Dorian Williams. Um, I think that uh, he's someone that could eventually, I don't think that he's necessarily going to play Mike from the jump uh, in the NFL, but I think that he's someone that can definitely transition to playing more of a Mike role, um, which is actually kind of nice for the Chargers because you have Eric Kendricks for the next two years. Sure. Um, and so you can kind of transition him into that sort of role. And um, I know everyone is very eager to replace Kenneth Murray. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think uh, Williams brings a little bit more uh, instincts, we'll say, <laughs> to to the position. Um, so I, I personally really like him. I know Gavino is a huge fan of Ojomo on the D-line too. Um, I think like I think the the way that the board falls here is very indicative of the fact that like there is a lot of talent left, especially on defense, into like the fourth and fifth round. And yeah. so uh if you rewind kind of all the way and we go back to like, okay, the Chargers aren't gonna trade the pick, I think that that in and of itself is one of the primary arguments for like you can go offense, offense offense in the first three rounds or you know defense offense offense um and just kind of save your defensive picks for later in the draft um i would say here i probably lean williams or schoonmaker um there is there are still a couple more tight ends that i like i think the linebacker class falls off a little bit earlier to me um i really like zach Koontz. i think wiley is going to be a decent nfl player um and then, like, Brenton Strange is way too low on this board. Noah Gindorf is a great blocking tight end. Um, Kyle Patterson, low-key. Payne Durham, also way too low. Um, yeah, dude, Kyle he Pat- last time I did a mock on PFF, he wasn't even on here. So That's insane. <laughs> um, Kyle Patterson, I will say, um, he's a guy that I've had an eye on for, like, a couple years. This is just me nerding out about Air Force at this point. But I've had an is eye on Kyle Patterson. Oh, yeah, at 341 down there. Okay. Um, he was at the combine. He didn't test the combine and he didn't test air forces pro day because he has a knee injury. But lat, if you go back and watch like 2020 and 2021, I think that there's something to work with there. He's probably going to go undrafted. Um, and he went to air force. So like, who knows if he'll even like, you know, play. Um, but I really like him. He's just kind of like a personal favorite of mine that I keep on the radar, uh, forever because I'm a dork. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go with Dory Williams because I think, like you, I agree. I, this linebacker yeah. class gets pretty ugly pretty quickly here. So then Chargers obviously have only the one pick here, 156. We're not going more rounds because I'm running out of people to talk about. I don't know. I don't know many of these guys <laughs> after that. Um, all right, there's Moro Jomo right on the board. So we can take uh, Gavino's guy. Um, I do think in this instance, the Chargers still do need a pass rusher at some point as well. Yeah, um, true. 
Ramirez, I know they met with at the Shrine Bowl. You yep. were there with watching him, so maybe that could be a you know nice start throw. Definitely another one of Gavino's guys. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, actually, yeah. Um, that's that's funny. Um, yeah, I would I would say Ramirez is probably a good one, um, especially in this sort of range. I think this is probably close to the upper limit of his range. I would say probably here, like maybe round four. Um, really popular guy at his pro day the other day. Um, oh. 30 teams went out to Eastern Michigan, which is like more than I think I've ever seen go to Eastern wow. Michigan. There were yeah. four position coaches there reportedly. Um, I don't know from what teams because I don't have that say sort which, of information. Which two teams <laughs> but, were not there? Yeah. which Well, probably – Historically speaking, um, anytime that like you get a thirty-one, a thirty or a thirty-one out of thirty-two teams, it's usually the Rams. Um, <laughs> the Rams, the Rams don't like to travel very far, um, yeah. and then a lot of times it'll be the Bengals because they have like six scouts in their entire organization, so they're spread pretty thin. True. True. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, uh, I think Ramirez is a good one here. All right, we'll take Ramirez. <laughs> throw Gavino a nice little bone here. Um, yeah, so that's that's gonna do it for this mock here. We'll get uh the summary up here in a second and maybe get some poor grades probably <laughs> probably pff probably hates this come on stay in your seat hurry up then <laughs> all right so we got a d plus for the trade nice uh, pff did not like the trade but the actual picks we made were good you know joey porter gave us an a tyler scott a minus dorian williams a minus and then jose ramirez c minus so um you know like we said this is all good fun you know exploring different scenarios here as you know the draft creeps up and um you know hopefully you guys enjoyed that one so alex i kept it for a lot longer than i said i would um <laughs> but uh, any final thoughts here as we look at this uh mock draft that we did in, in trading up for joey porter no i mean i think i kept you longer than we said <laughs> I would, um because i've just been rambling about random prospects um we got a whole segment on kyle patterson in there um, there we go <laughs> but yeah no i i think le- like we said at the top i think that trading up is um a much likelier scenario for the chargers than it is in most years um just because of the timeline and because of the way that the top half of the draft looks compared to the bottom half of the first round um I do think that there's certainly an argument to be had about, you know, they should probably trade up and take someone who's more of an impact player day one than Porter might be. Um, And, you know, if you want to say like that's an edge or you want to slide up just a couple spots and take a receiver um, or you want to trade up and you want to take Bijan at 13. um, I think all of those are valid arguments, um, especially considering how all in the Chargers seem like they're going to be this year. Um, you know, you want someone who's going to play probably at least 60% of the snaps um, in the first round, especially if you're going to spend assets like that to trade up for them. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we reasoned the Porter pick out pretty well. The rest of the draft went pretty well for us. Um, I think it'll certainly be interesting. I personally kind of hope that they don't trade up only because it makes my job way harder on draft day. <laughs> um, but, you know, if they trade up and they get, you know, a premier player, then, you know, obviously there's nothing to be mad about. Um, and so it'll be super interesting. And I think that they've positioned themselves well, that if they have, you know, a guy or two guys in mind, and they're worried that someone is going to come off, come off the board before they can get to them at 21, then like, yeah, go ahead and trade up. And if they don't fall in love with anyone like that, I think they're in a good spot to still get an impact player at 21. Um, just the way that they've navigated this free agency period and everything and kind of 
kept everyone on the team, even guys that we thought were for sure going to leave. So I think it's it's definitely an interesting spot, and I'm uh, I'm excited to see what ends up actually happening. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the more curious Tom Telesco drafts I can remember. I mean, I feel like we always know, like, generally speaking, which position or two they might be targeting. And so the fact that they, you know, might get a corner, they might get a pass rusher, might be a receiver, might be a tight end, might be B. John Robinson. Like, you know, the Chargers have a lot of flexibility built in this year. And I think that makes it more fun than it usually is because, like, you know, last year it was always like, okay, which offensive lineman is going to be on the board at 17? <laughs> right. Year before yeah. that, it was like, okay, which tackle is going to be on the board at 13? <clears throat> and then year before that, it's like, okay, which quarterback is going to be on the board? So, you know, we almost always know with Tom Telesco. And this year we don't. I, I think that makes a lot of intrigue. And then potentially trading up, I think, would be a lot of fun. I think Twitter would obviously hate this kind of mock draft, right? Because you, <laughs> you only get one yeah. offensive player to add to Justin Herbert's arsenal. But. I do think Tyler Scott would be awesome in this offense. I, mean, I will say that. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, I would love to see Tyler Scott in this offense. Yeah, man. Day two receivers are so much fun this year. And I think that's, yep. that's where you want to, you know, uh, spend your money if you're the uh, team like the chargers. So um, Alex, appreciate it, man. What's uh, what's coming down the pipeline on chargers wire this week for you? Yeah. Um, we've got uh, a couple, we've got a couple articles I've got in the works. Um, we're going to do some, uh, some players for every round at a couple different positions. So I'm working on one for edge rusher. So kind of a guy that they could target, you know, rounds one through seven. And then we're going to do the same thing for tight end. Um, I might do another mock draft um, in due time eventually. Um, And then, yeah. And then uh, working on a video for the channel here as well. Going to profile a linebacker, hopefully once I uh, get some tape on him, Um, it's a kind of under the radar guy. So I had to, uh, really exhaust my resources in order to get the tape, but I'm excited for that to hit my inbox. And as soon as it does, I am going to uh, study him up and wrote a profile for you guys. Cause he's um, I'll, I'll throw out a couple hints and we'll see if someone figures it out, but it's a local ish guy, uh, state of California guy. And um, I'm excited to profile him. And I think it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a cool uh, chargers connection one. Cause I think he's a good fit for the team. There you go. There you go. Alex, uh, of course, has his changed his name properly as, as the spreadsheet <laughs> king. Um, you know, the the work he does in terms of covering the, the pro days is is unparalleled. Make sure you guys go check that out and uh, gives you some nice hints of who the Chargers are kind of potentially targeting on, on the pro day circuit. So um, make sure you go check that out. Alex, appreciate your time tonight. I'm sure we'll look forward to your next profile. And then you and Gavino are also going to be hopping on the channel at the early parts of April. We'll do a fun little uh, round table with the four of us. So really yeah. looking forward to that. And uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you next time. See you guys.